You know what I would really like, um, speaking of audio hijack, it would be really nice if you could label lanes. Speaking of macOS, we were up at 5 a.m. the other oh. day. And- <laughs> I, I know. I, you, you went to sleep <laughs> later than I did. And <laughs> for all intents and purposes, I'm like seven hours behind you. Or was at this point in time? Like, I know it's actually seven hours, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, it, it wasn't great, but... <laughs> I had one Wasn't benefit. My That's not my point. My one benefit of being up at 5 a.m. was that we got to see the macOS uh, screen, um, you know, the background mm, at 5 a.m. Start to get lighter. And I've never seen it that time of day. <laughs> it starts getting lighter and it actually looks really nice. It's this like twilight. Yeah, we got to turn that around. Uh, but yeah. at least we're on the same schedule, so we can chat in the middle of the night. So that's good. But we we did so we did really all right. I I thought like all right, we had this really long long day when we like. Because we, we submitted Orbit 1.0, like the iOS build, right? Um, <laughs> and I was like, all right, we, we, we were already so far in. We, we just thought, all right, let's just push through, get all the screenshots done. And because we're not lazy developers, indie developers, we're like, all right, we're not doing what Apple kind of tells you you can do now, where you're <laughs> like, just upload the, uh, the 6.5-inch screen and we scale it down to all the size. We're like, nah, we don't want that. That doesn't look nice. If you have like a small phone, you just get like a scaled screenshot. Like, let's, let's do it properly and have like screenshots for every... F- screen size and let's not create them in a design tool where they're not actually exactly looking like they're supposed to let's actually take all of them like properly on devices synchronize all of our because our app has a lot of timers right so Mm -hmm. we made sure that all the timers are nicely synchronized across all the screenshots which by the way makes it almost impossible to automate because sometimes for example widgets if you have multiple widgets on the same screen sometimes they don't render or do the update ticking at the exact same second or frame so sometimes if you take a screenshot you might have one saying one hour and one second and the other one says one hour and two seconds already so it's you can't really automate that you have to look at it and and take the screenshot maybe retry to run the timer like three or four times until you actually get them in perfect sync so we did all of that mm-hmm. like sweet and it submitted took, it took probably very long. like four hours at least y- yeah probably a bit more yeah and then we did like press kit and those kind of things yeah yeah but and we're like cool yeah. all good Went to bed very, very early in the morning, but we thought, hey, worth it, right? How often do you change all your screenshots yep. uh, for, for your entire app and uh, your press kit and everything else, right? It's like a one-time thing uh, for, for this kind of major update. Mm. So, I mean, sure, we, we do it for like minor ones when there's something changing on screen, but for this, we're like, that's not going to happen for a while, so it wasn't worth it. And we set our uh, alarm fairly early to, to, to force us to then get into a better sleep rhythm the next day, and we even did that. Yeah, we like, were like 11 p.m. We're like, oh, wow, maybe we should go to bed now. This, this is actually a really good time. Mm-hmm. So we did that, and then we woke up um and i tweeted a screenshot or Marlon and i tweeted a screenshot of, of what orbit looks like and then we got two people telling us you know there's a typo in one of your mm. sample projects right i'm like oh no <laughs> so all the screenshots t- turns out um in three quarters yeah. i think of yeah. all all screenshots you could see that typo at least that's partially uh so we decided you know what how about we retake every single <laughs> screenshot we've taken and every single picture for for the for the press kit and everything else. Yeah, I appreciate that attention to detail, but that is very difficult to do. Yeah, had we only had that attention to detail before we mm. took all the screenshots and realized that there's a stupid typo and lightweight, <sighs> so that was yeah. yeah. So we essentially did the same marathon of screenshot taking, and it was it was almost like a production line. <laughs> I know. I, 
I, I took all the screenshots on my computer and then we used like a shared folder. So I, I would dump them all in there mm-hmm. and Marlon would put them in and, and frame yeah. them. Mm-hmm. So I used um, Fastlane to, to frame mm-hmm. all of the screenshots into the appropriate device mm-hmm. frames. And then Marlon would put them together in like collages yeah. and uh, screenshots with text around them. Yeah. Um, and it was like a production line. I just generated all the screenshots yeah. and dumped them in and put them in frames. But at that point, I feel like it's such a it's such a manual thing that requires focus but it's so easy to lose focus yeah. just because it's so such a boring task mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like uh, the second time around i found that sure it was a bit faster but at the same time it's like we we did make some mistakes along the mm-hmm. way uh, as we as we retook everything just because it's like you're sort of spacing out because it's it's, it's like su- such a boring task yeah. after a while and it's also sometimes it's just silly right you forget to set clean the status bar yeah. on a screenshot yeah. because you're like you, you booted up the seven simulator yeah. and you just forgot once you took all the screenshots you look at them you're like oh no actually question about that do you have you run into the bug where you can only have one simulator open when setting the status bar i sometimes have the issue that when i open the second simulator mm-hmm. it and I used the booted flag yep. to just overwrite yep. the the status bar for the booted simulator. Mm-hmm. It always takes the the first booted one, oh. not the most recently or the one that's in foreground. That's really interesting because I've consistently like this was um, even in late Xcode eleven. This is not just an Xcode twelve command mm-hmm. line tool thing. Where if I've got more than one simulator open, it won't apply to any of the simulators that are open. So I have oh, to be really? very careful to only have one open. Run the command for booted because I'm not. Look, I'm mm-hmm. not going to find mm-hmm. the UID. Fun fact, that also doesn't <laughs> oh, work. Oh, you can use the name. Ah, that is true. That is true. Oh, okay. But you can use like the iPhone yeah, 8 or whatever. True. I forgot about that. Uh, type name. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's been that's been the fun one that I've had to deal with where like sometimes mm-hmm. I'll go, oh, I've set it. I've taken all my screenshots. Oh, it didn't set on either of these. <laughs> um, that's lots of fun. Yeah. Um, it's in- it's interesting to hear about your screenshot adventures though because um, <laughs> yeah, I've had to do the similar I, I have two pro tips. Mm-hmm. Um, one is, oh, I actually also have one bug report, uh, not that this is radar, but <laughs> I, that's my outlet now. So you, you have to suffer through this. <laughs> one was for some reason on my iMac, yeah. um, we, we have one in our app. We have this, like, where, where we show the time entries. We have a batch that kind of shows how long is the time we've been running and we give it like a white background on top of the tin color, um, or the tin color on top of that to kind of show that this one is the one that's running. And that one has a corner radius and it has continuous, uh, curvature. For some reason on my iMac, it can't render that on notched iPhone oh. simulators. It, it works on all the ones that I have, yeah. like, that are just rectangles, right? iPhone 8, iPhone SE, not a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, even on iPads, no matter if, if rounded or mm-hmm. not, all fine. Mm-hmm. But if I use it on an iPhone 10 or, or, or 10, um, tennis, uh, or 11 pro or Hello. 11, um, or 11 pro max. For some reason, it cannot render the roundness. Uh. It's super glitchy and it looks like artifacts. Um, so that's annoying. Yeah. Uh, so I had to not, not already was all the screenshot taking annoying, but also that then broke. So I had to use my MacBook because for some reason there it, it worked. Um, and another interesting bug I have on my iMac for in particular for, phones where, where you still see the carrier you know how you have to operate a name yeah, flag yeah. that you can pass to a simulator status override mm-hmm. for some reason the carrier flag when you set it to to an empty string which you would want for screenshots right um that flag doesn't work on my imac but oh, it does work on my macbook that's weird so i say operator name open open close the uh the uh what i call them the quotations yeah um 
and it just keeps it where it is. Even if I give it an explicit name, it doesn't change it. Uh, but it works fine on, on, on my MacBook. But I also have a pro tip. Uh, I don't know if how pro that is, but it's cool. <laughs> you know, on iPad, it also sh- shows the date, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So if you if you give a proper ISO 8601 string instead of just saying 941, mm-hmm. it actually uses that for the date in the yeah. iPad simulator, which is really nice. Yeah, I, I worked, I played around with changing the date and I wasn't sure what to set it to. Um, I think when I did iPad screenshots for Petty originally and had to set it, I set it to the target launch date for that version. And I don't remember if I ended up hitting that that launch date, but whatever. And then it's just stuck because it's in my uh, terminal command history. So now all my iPad screenshots are just stuck to the day that I first did this or the day that I first thought I was going to release screenshots (laughs) like this, which is great. I think it was like August sometime. Um, But yeah, Mm. (laughs) but it is interesting to hear about your screenshot problems because I I almost had, I kind of had a similar thing where, I wanted to do, because I'm fussy with App Store metadata, and I wanted to do screenshots mm-hmm. properly. And after the recent Apple event, my thought was, well, I will go and, you know, take all the, I have a week to take all the screenshots and do all the sizes and make everything nice. <laughs> and look, if I run out, sorry, if I end up with more time than I thought, maybe I can do framing and things like that. And then Apple dropped that bombshell <laughs> of, hey, launch is tomorrow. Um, so I ended up doing the bare minimum, which was, two screenshot sizes you give for for the iphone Mm -hmm. anyway you give a Mm 5.8 inch screenshot and a 5.5 like the old Mm non-curved one and it scales and then Mm -hmm. um for the subsequent updates i've updated almost every screenshot in both um ones because no no so i haven't improved that i haven't i haven't added more because of the design tweaks that have been going in i've wanted the screenshots to stay consistent Mm. but because i'm still making design tweaks (laughs) here and there so quickly i decided to not do a proper round of screenshots but also like you Mm -hmm. there's some continuity between my screenshots like i don't want the trends in one screenshot to say one Mm -hmm. price and then Mm -hmm in the next screenshot to show a different price just because they were taken on different days and because I'm not using mock data. Like, again, Mm -hmm. I didn't have time to do any of this properly. Um, So, I'm just taking screenshots with real production data. Um, And Mm -hmm. so, I think once my design settles down a bit, I'm going to do an up, like, just a point update basically with nothing new other than App Store metadata and, and make it look pretty and stuff. But my goal has been recently just to, like, keep things consistent and get the updates out fast. And then once mm-hmm. things settle down and they actually won't settle down mm. for about another 50 days. Cause I want to read, I want to add another length period thingy to the trends view. I want to do 90 days, but I don't actually have 90 days mm-hmm. worth of data collected on my back end yet. So once that's available, <laughs> like the day it's available, I'll submit that update. I think by that point, my design will be stable enough that I can do nice screenshots. Mm. And like, if I have to make changes, I'm going to try and remove as much of the continuity as possible. Like, for example, if I show trends for E10 in the first screenshot, none of the widgets will show E10 so that there's no disconnect Mm -hmm. there. Um, And that way Mm -hmm. I can only switch out one screenshot and then I can do them for all the devices. It doesn't take long, but it's just a little bit more of a hassle. Ideally, I'd love to automate it. It's it's a completely self-inflicted problem. Yes. No one cares. We probably didn't make a oh, single no one, one more, but it's- no one ca- no one would <laughs> no, care no. if there was a continuity error uh, in in the screenshots. Uh-huh. But but yeah. it is nice to point somebody to the app store and have something that mm. you are ridiculously proud of, right? Like 
You and know yes. that yeah. okay, everything this on this page work. is there yeah. for a reason. It's deliberate. Mm. This app store listing is meant to look nice. It's meant to be appealing. Nobody reads the sc- I mean, mm-hmm. people glance at the screenshots, but I, I doubt. I, like how many people are really going over them with a fine tooth comb? Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Even so, both our apps are free tooth to download. Comb? Fine tooth fine comb. comb? Yeah. What is a fine tooth comb? Uh, a, a comb kind- has teeth on yeah. it. Oh, it's like, okay. <laughs> Interesting. It's a it's an expression. See, the more <laughs> very educational podcast. Ooh, English. Um, yeah, it, like you said, it's not going to make any difference. But I like to be able to, you know, even when I tweet about something, to be like really proud of it. Mm. And I, mm. I probably had said earlier this year that like one of the reasons when we we're talking about the updates, Petty. One of the reasons I'm so excited for it is because Petty was always like it was a helpful app, but I wasn't particularly like. Mm. proud of the design or anything mm-hmm. it wasn't great but now i'm kind of at that point where i'm actually kind of proud to show people how the app looks mm-hmm. and, and yeah. how it yeah. works and mm. how helpful it can be because yeah. it, it's actually mm. quite appealing visually i think and it looks mm. nice in an app store listing and i have no mm. hesitation yeah. saying hey check out this cool thing that i work on yeah. like i i am quite mm. proud of it and so i think it just all yeah. kind of comes together like I want that attention to detail to be there. I don't want the widgets yeah, in my screenshot yeah. to be one version out of date with the app. If you look mm-hmm. at the yeah. if you look at the screenshots on the widget, uh, sorry, in the sorry in the of the widget on the app store, and you put the widget mm-hmm. on your phone, I want you to see the same thing. And it already kind of bugs mm-hmm. me that the widgets are out of date, and actually some of the trends graph stuff is out of date on the the like marketing image that I've got that I used on Twitter when I first launched, and mm-hmm. um. Mm-hmm. That's now my pinned tweet because it was kind of a launch tweet. And there's some spacing mm-hmm. issues and there's some UI things that aren't quite <laughs> right. And like there was a really dumb one where if you if you look at that tweet, I've got on the graph, on each graph, I've got pills for the high and low. And they're actually buttons. You can tap them and it will highlight the high or low point on the mm-hmm. graph so you don't have to go in and find it yourself. Um, you'll notice that the spacing is is off with both of them. And you'd think, well, aren't they the same mm-hmm. thing? Uh, turns out I was handling... Mm-hmm. Uh, like I've got an up and a down case for each of those, and I forgot mm-hmm. like a, I think I forgot to set the same padding in both of them, and so <laughs> I uh-huh. this bug annoyed me for ages. Like I was looking at them like, this is the same code path. Like they shouldn't be different. Is this like a weird Swift UI bug? I didn't even bother <laughs> looking into it. Like that was one of those I'll deal with it after launch things. And then I looked into it for the first mm-hmm. update, and I was like, oh, I'm forgetting the padding. Like I'm setting a different padding value. <laughs> um, so it was a really easy fix. But now this is in that screenshot. Isn't it nice when you're like. Uh, probably swift your eye back. It's like, oh no, I just forget to set the, co- yeah, yeah. <laughs> the conditions it should enforce. Whoops. Yep. Yep. So yeah, that, that's lots of fun. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, it's, it's fun to be in this it, like launch phase, isn't it? I think we're kind of both going through yeah. it at the same time. It's kind of cool. Mm. Yeah. 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 I mean, a bit phase shifted. <laughs> we're, we're, we're about a week behind you. Yeah. Uh, I think so it's all the same. Um, one recommendation I would have for your widget screenshot yep. is to make it uh, abundantly obvious that that's on the home screen mm-hmm. because at the moment you have a black background, right? Which fits your theme. No. But you- isn't the iOS 13 background? No, no, not on your marketing. Oh, on the marketing. On your marketing picture. Yes, good point. Yeah, because if you look at that, you wouldn't know it's just in the app. Yeah, good point. Or you know, I mean, if you if you know a lot of how widgets work, you can see that there's petty under every single one of the widgets. But if you're not aware of it, you might Uh, think it is just a screenshot of the app. Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, I did that in the app store, but not in the marketing screenshot. Yeah, I I should probably redo Hmm. that with a new background and a new. Uh, like the updated widgets as well. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but yeah, yeah on the app yeah. store, it's it's probably more important, anyways. Yeah. And there, there, it's very, very obvious. Yeah, no, good point. Mm. Yeah, but I think I think it's also it's fun. I, I know that you said that people probably don't care about those things, but like I personally, when I see an app and I go through those things, I really appreciate the attention to detail Definitely. that people have put into it. And like, if there are other people who are like like us and looking at it, that might mean that they rather take that they rather download your app because they see that you put so much care into it compared to another app. And I think. That's sort of, even if it's like, obviously, they're not going to use the exact screens that you took screenshots of, like, that's just for marketing. But the fact that you put so much, pay so much attention to detail in there means that you're probably going to pay a lot of attention to detail in the app as well. And I think yeah. it also shows a lot about your personality, about that you care. Like, But it's also just nice to it. be proud of what you're doing. I mean, even, I, I think, I, I strongly believe no one cares. Yeah. Like, no one will not <laughs> download your app. If they're if they're in the market for it and they see a value of it, mm. They will buy. They will download your app if if it if if it's those criteria. No matter mm-hmm. if the screenshot has nine forty one or nine forty two in 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 the status bar. Yeah. yeah. But I do oh, think the status is, bar thing is something that surely nobody other than us cares about. Nobody knows what nine forty one means. Yeah. Nobody even notices that all iPhone screenshots have nine forty one except us. But yeah. who cares? Like it's it's a fun little yeah, thing. Yeah, but, but that's, that's the thing. thing like. But I think like, there is a lot of value in just doing what you like to do. You know, hmm. some, I mean, we're, we're all running our own businesses, right? And there is a lot of value in trying to make it sustainable. But I also think there's a lot of value in doing the things you care about. And if that's weird little details <laughs> and screenshots, go for it and be happy about what you produce. Overall, yeah. it will be a net gain because you're happy about what you're doing. You're, you're happy of sharing it. And even if it just gets you over the hurdle of like, you know, the more you rush your screenshot, the more you're like, I don't know if I should send this hmm. to people. Mm-hmm. you know it, there is a lot of value in being proud of what you're doing and happy with your results and it's satisfying right it's way nicer to launch something you're like i'm happy with myself than launching mm-hmm. something you're like man i wish i didn't have to take that many shortcuts yeah and, and I- it's also it's also a fun thing often i think like uh, yes it's frustrating like we, we fix the stupid typo but i think now we are gonna be really happy about that and where otherwise i would be like like I said, maybe hesitating a bit, like, ah, oh, hopefully they don't notice the typo that I have in this one screen. But now I feel very comfortable sharing those things. And also the same with our sample data. I think we had fun with it. Mm. We decided to, like, we basically made up a story about what the sample company is yeah. that this app is representing. And we have a whole backstory and we could write a comic book about it if mm. we want to. And like that, it's it's more fun to do it that way. Did you way. just announce the Orbit comic book? <laughs> I haven't settled on a name yet. Um, but I think I think it's just it makes it more enjoyable to do those things as well if you do it in a way that you care and like a continuity. It can be like I think if if you like creating stuff and having like a story part of it, that can be really satisfying as well and make it a bit more fun to do those things. Yeah. So how is the launch going? Considering that you're that you launched and you're basically. Uh, in every us. every feature list in Australia. <laughs> yeah, that's super exciting, by the way. Um, Con- congrats. Yeah, congrats. Thanks. Yeah, no, it's going well. It's it's getting a bit of attention on the App Store, which is really nice. It's in some of the like apps mm. we love and, um, you know, iOS 14 widget lists, which is, is really cool to see mm-hmm. um, because, yeah, super- especially because widgets are especially popular um, and they're kind of the thing mm-hmm. that people are downloading apps for the last month or so or mm-hmm. three weeks two weeks three <laughs> weeks i don't even know anymore um no the launch is going well um i mean downloads are up and um one of the the big changes for this version was the move to subscriptions because of now the ongoing mm-hmm. costs that 
I'm incurring and like that kind of thing. Um, and that seems to be pretty well received too. Um, I haven't run the That's numbers great. for a few days, but I was at something like 5% of people who download go on to at least start a subscription trial. And then of them, okay. 74% go on to like keep the convert to one week. I mean, I'm only up to mm-hmm. like, it's not a lot, 20 paid subscription, 20 paid subscribers. So mm-hmm. it's, it's still a small number. Um, mm. but it's something which is kind of cool. Um, mm. like this thing, like download mm. numbers aren't huge. Like we're not talking in the thousands. We're talking more like the hundreds. Mm. Um, like I think it only just mm-hmm. passed a thousand almost two weeks in. So it's not, yeah, mm-hmm. like it's not, um, despite all the featuring and stuff, it's not like thousands mm. of downloads or tens of thousands of downloads, but mm. from everything I've seen, like the feedback's really good too. Like people seem to be mm-hmm. happy to convert into that paid mm. version of the app and, and the feedback. But it's also interesting, right? Because- inherently your your app is very like it's it's regional regional yes. regional it's right? super niche. you're, you're it's only on one so only one continent only one country <sighs> and only one one ter- one state in that country so you're I, I think of all the features i've seen your app is the most regional I know. i've i've come across so far I know. um <laughs> i'm hoping to expand it's always hard to value <laughs> like like yeah. looking but at adding other but states. i think that's a good thing yeah. You, you you see like I think the the your seventy percent conversion is is a really really good number, and if you can maintain that and expand to at least the rest of that continent, that would be or or like at least a few of the other yeah. bigger populated areas, you know if you can keep those numbers that and and all other things being the same, that that would be already a significant uh, gain. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and seeing seeing those kind of numbers now and making those tweaks now before you go broader is probably not not a bad idea, anyways. Yes, exactly. So I think that's quite nice to see encouraging numbers, and then you just gotta increase your your base, and exactly. that's just the thing you gotta do. And and uh, that's the other, I guess, rationale behind the subscriptions is that the target audience is really really small. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, to like, I don't know what would, would it be good to be able to capture even 1% of that? Like, that's the tiny, tiny market. So if I can have kind of mm-hmm. that, like people who like the app and are willing to pay to keep it maintained and whatnot, um, then I don't mm-hmm. need huge numbers anyway. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. that definitely mm-hmm. focus is probably going to be on expanding that addressable market. It will be possible to expand to Queensland. And then with less priority, uh, Tasmania, South Australia, and Western Australia uh, soon. Um, mm-hmm. Assuming I can get the data from Queensland. I think Queensland's the big one, but they have a funny term in their terms and conditions that I need to email somebody about before I agree to that and start using the data. So, um, we will see if I can can work around that because um, mm-hmm. I, I am not willing to agree to a term where I have to with 10 days notice, give them logs from every user or something like that, or like information about the location of everyone oh, who's hitting this. Like, don't, like, yeah, anyway. Anyway, I want it all to go through my, yeah. my server. That's so weird. Yeah, look. Yeah. Maybe it's one of those things in there that's in there and never enforced, but I would like it removed from whatever agreement I end up striking with yeah. the Queensland state government. Mm-hmm. Is there uh, another part that forces you to collect that data? Could you just be like, I, I do not have that data? Well, that's the thing. Like, if I email and say, like, I'm not going to have that, like, I, I want to see what they say. Like, they might be like, it's fine. No worries. Um, mm. That's <laughs> how you're using it. That's how you're using it. That's cool. Like, as long as I've got something in writing mm. that's like, you know, because I could give them that. Like, I could be like, oh, my server, I, I could keep the logs of the times my server pulled their thing. It's like every 15 minutes every day. Like, mm. it's very mm. easy. Because realistically, that mm. is 
the users are never actually pulling the no, information, exactly. right? It's just your server. And it, so maybe that could be enough. And it wasn't explicitly stated in the terms and conditions, but maybe part of it is you, the users need to hit the API directly, and in which case I have to make a choice. Like, mm. do I want this whole other code mm. path for Queensland? Mm. Do I want this whole other data format mm. for Queensland? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe mm. not. Like, maybe I just focus on bettering the app for New South Welshians. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is this uh, is the API only for fuel prices, or is it a broader API? Maybe it's like this specific class yeah. is there because they want to apply it to a certain information, but maybe it's not necessary for yours. Well, it's, ju- it's just a fuel price API, but maybe the terms have been brought yeah. across from something else. I, I don't know. I, I haven't sent the email. The reason I haven't sent the email is I didn't want to reach out like a month ago when I first looked into this because I wanted mm. to wait until I had something on the store that I could be like, this is what the app is doing mm. this is what i want to do with your mm-hmm. data and hopefully hopefully somebody's like hey that would actually be really cool like that's the purpose of these apis these apis are there for developers to build tools for the general public um mm-hmm. so that would be really cool if you know i could point to that and then someone was like oh this is an app that we want our data in that would be beneficial let's you mm-hmm. know work with yeah. Zach yeah. and his company like let's not yeah, yeah. you know because because the interesting thing about you know, often when you work with data providers, people are, like, really fussy about their terms and conditions and uh, all of that. This is all, like, data that's in the public interest and that's released, quote-unquote, for free by the state government. There are mm. there are um, prices to pay once you hit certain thresholds, but I because I'm doing it all on my own server and the client isn't hitting the APIs directly, I bypass... I'm way under those limits and the governments aren't trying to make money from this. It's basically just like, look, if you're abusing our service, you're going to have to start paying. But mm. if you're in like a fair use, um, <laughs> it, it's paid for by taxes on the fuel. They don't have to stop abusing. <laughs> yeah. They just have to stop yeah. paying. Yeah. Abuse is fine, but give us money for that abuse. Yes. Um, so what else did you do before launch then? Because that's kind of the phase we're in right mm, now, right? Mm-hmm. So considering you were you were kind of forced into a way tighter deadline yep. than yeah, you expected I don't for think your I launch, think, right? I don't even think we've been talking about the short deadline we were given on the show, but I feel like we're sort of over that, that, that discussion. Yep. That's just... Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I think we all I think, agree. We hope we, we get more than, than 22 hours next time. Yep. Um, and can't, was, can't do much about it, but nope. I think you made a real like you, you you did something good out of it. I think you yeah. as soon as you as it was announced, you seemed to have gotten up in the morning and finished up petting. <laughs> Didn't even finish watching awesome. the event. I was like, I'm going to submit and then I'll watch the event. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean there were so, things. So what else did you do then, considering that you had that tight that I mean, apart from submission, did you reach out to kind of local? press kind of people mm. did you reach out to like apple editorial did you do that before launch um, like what, yeah a, little, what was so kind of a your... little bit of all that so uh, i did reach out to apple editorial which was i think the only thing mm-hmm. that's really come through oh actually no that's not true um mm-hmm. so i did that i did a couple of local press people and one of them came through which is really cool he wrote about it in a newsletter um which goes out to like 500 tech nerds cool. in australia which um really cool shout out to the sizzle it's a great great email newsletter for uh, australian <laughs> tech workers and i believe it's tax deductible it's five bucks a month anyway i think we've spoken about that one on the show before <laughs> we're, not advi- acu- we're not accountants well, or apparently zach advice. is zach just claimed that he's a tax advisor i think no 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 check with check with your accountant um <laughs> check with your accountant. uh as as you should do before doing anything we recommend. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway. Uh, By the phone, I check with my accountant. Should I use SwiftUI in my next project? Check with, check your, with accountant. your accountant. <laughs> Maybe you'll look. Like, no. um, uh, yeah, no, that was good. Um, uh, yeah, I reached out to another couple of 
people, but that nothing nothing came of that. Um, mm-hmm. I am thinking about paid advertising, and I don't really know what form this is going to take. I'm not particularly good at Before marketing. Before we get into that, I also saw you on 9to5Mac. Yeah, I was going to ask you about uh, that as well. Yes, yes. Um, that is true. I didn't actually... <laughs> <sighs> that, that's a weird one for me. Also because under- Petty is so niche... That 9to5Mac mm-hmm. feature, I mean, it did something. Like, I can see the referrals in my App Store Connect thing, mm-hmm. but mm. um, it didn't really turn into many sessions or, like, any purchases or anything. And that's because the app so no. much. Like, I did, it was it was cool. Don't get me wrong. Mm. I didn't reach out to 9to5Mac because, mm. I, you know, I don't mm. expect that Petty is the type of app they even consider writing about in a broader yeah. sense just because yeah. it's so niche, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I was reaching out to, like, local people, but it was still cool. It was on 9to5Mac, mm-hmm. my little marketing mm-hmm. screenshot made it on mm-hmm. there, and, like, it definitely yeah. got some yeah. downloads. Like, yeah, yeah, like, if anything, it's just cool to have that. Yeah, yeah totally. Right? Um, that was awesome. And I think we'd spoken about, I think you'd asked before, has Petty been on my 9to5Mac? I'm like, no, that's never going to happen because uh, it's too <laughs> niche. But they did a list of all the apps with widgets, and that's, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a, mm-hmm. like, a long-term user perspective, I don't think that was... Um, particularly helpful for the like, it's cool and I appreciate it, no. but um, I, I doubt if almost anybody from Sydney came across that um, and and started using it, which which is fine. Mm. Um, that's that's what I'd expect. Mm. Um, but I I'm thinking like once I have maybe a month or two's worth of data and kind of know the average revenue per download type of thing for Petty, I could experiment with some paid advertising. Um, be that search ads mm-hmm. or be that I don't really want to do like Google and Facebook ads, but like. I could give them a small go, like use some free credits and see how far like 50 bucks goes or something. Um, I'm not, I don't have high hopes, but yeah, because, because like I said, I am getting a surprising number of conversions. Like I think my conversion rate is quite high relative to what I would have expected. Um, so if that holds and, and people don't start canceling their free trials all of a sudden, which which very well might happen, um, I don't have too much data of (laughs) like conversion data um mm-hmm. it could be interesting to see is the trial one week or a month it's a week yeah okay so yeah. you should be able to start seeing some yeah. conversion numbers that's soon, the thing then. like um i mean i mentioned i have like 20 that have converted properly but i've got um probably like another 20 in their free trial at the moment and a few cancellations the last few days so i'm not sure like if all of those 20 are going to go over um It'll be interesting to see. Mm. Mm. But for those kind of things, for subscription apps, it's really hard to do those kind of things. Because yes. realistically, what is the multiplier of your yearly subscription fee you'd be willing to pay for a customer? Yeah, I know, right? exactly. Probably it's not much. Not, it's not, not more two than X. one year, really. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. you wouldn't pay... if You know, you have to pay less than $5 for conversion. Yeah. And that's really, really difficult to find. For, uh, for search ad, though, wouldn't you be able to get it lower than $5? Apple search ad? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, probably. But even then, it's hard, right? Because you don't... Considering, let's say you stay at your... like, Let's be generous and say you have a 10% conversion rate. That still means you can only pay $0.50 cents per per download, mm-hmm. yeah. which I yeah. think is pretty pretty hard. Yeah. I, 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 do, I do think there's probably... A, some kind of avenue but it's really hard when you're because you're you're fairly uh cheap mm-hmm. like you're yeah. you're 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 charging probably less than you could i i think uh, but i'm 
I might also be wrong a lot. Also, fun fact um, about that, I thought I'd change the subscription price before I launched, and I didn't. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was speaking to a few people, and I'm like, you could probably go a little bit higher, like four fifty a year is cheap hmm. for somebody who actually uses I think I bumped it to like, mm-hmm. or I thought I bumped it to like six fifty or six ninety nine, something mm-hmm. like whatever the a couple mm-hmm. tiers up was. Mm-hmm. And then mm. uh, the in-app purchase went ready for sale, and I was like- that's not the price I was expecting, and now I don't want to change it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. then at least uh... <laughs> at least you have some room to to play with. Yeah, maybe. I think it's fair. Like, I, I, I think, think the value that you get is totally. Like, I don't want anyone to feel like they're being ripped off. Like, I think it's well and truly worth more than four fifty. So I'm pretty happy with that price from like a fairness perspective. Um, and like mm. I said, I'm seeing a- it's it's just about I, I know what you mean. The cost of it- getting of yeah acquiring a user or whatever the marketing term is is and it gives you not a lot of wiggle room because yeah. realistically, the lower your price is, and realistically, I think most people that are actively using your app save money and they probably save yeah significantly uh, more than four fifty. I was gonna ask year. that. Have you considered potentially adding like a savings label, which basically shows. Since you fill up those times a day, which were cheaper compared to all other days or other times, um, you save this much yeah. since starting to use like that. Like a logging functionality, yeah. essentially, right? Yes. So because I think if they see that, yeah. So at the moment, yeah. So it's like it's kind of the thing that I'm working towards. So at the moment, there's a compare feature, okay. and it's like if you went here versus there, you'd save four dollars on your tank size of what and you can you can save your tank sizes, um, like in the settings, um. And that's kind of the first step of that. The next step is going to be more um, like tangible analysis on the trends. So, like, you would save $3. Like, on average today, you'd save $3 versus yesterday because prices have gone down. Mm -hmm. Or if you fill up now, um, or like, I don't know, if you fill up on the cheapest day of the week, which is Tuesday, you'd save $2 over the most expensive. Like, those kind of, Mm -hmm. like, not specific um, things to an individual user, but like a, a broader, like this is the way trends are going. And then the, the third step following that. So I have this, I have so much I want to do before I get to this. So this isn't like a feature request that's coming <laughs> soon, but I mm-hmm. do want to add like a logbook type thing. And there's so many reasons mm-hmm. why people want a logbook for their cars. It could be if you're, your car is a business asset, you need to record your kilometers, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the idea would be you kind of put in, each time you fill up, you put in where your kilometers are and it would be like you could either just log your distance or you could log how far you're getting on a single tank. So, the the logging distance would be good for like learner drivers and also um, business people, um, p- people using car for business mm-hmm. um, and the, the logging of uh, like how far you go on a tank would be more for the average person who cares about that kind of thing. And I mm-hmm. get that not everybody cares about that mm-hmm. and that might be in a lot of detail, like too much detail for most people. Like I probably wouldn't worry about it, but some people care and some people do keep their receipts and Mm -hmm. they write down like the odometer kilometers or miles or whatever um, Mm -hmm. when they fill up. Mm -hmm. And so they are features I want to add, not super high priority, but definitely uh, on the cards. Yeah. And then, yeah, can tie in Mm -hmm. all that stuff to like you filled up on this day at this price. If you'd gone here, you would have saved. If you went somewhere else, you would have paid more like that kind of yeah. Mm. Are you willing to experiment with some subscription in the future? As in some pricing? Yeah, pricing pricing uh, ranges and see if, if that does any, any good or harm. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, not opposed to it. I just don't want to, like, screw over existing people who paid. Um, mm. like, as long yeah, as I can lock them in. You could grandfather them in, yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you would add a new subscription that all new users get. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is kind of your new kind of experimental one. Okay. Yeah. Add that at a bit higher, and you can either if you see the seven ninety nine or whatever your alternative pricing yeah. would be mm-hmm. doesn't work, you can even drop them, and everyone that already started subscribing on the higher yeah. price will then get a discount from the month afterwards. Yeah. And you have two essentially for for your side identical looking ones. Yeah. You take the old one out of the market, so mm-hmm. everyone that unsubscribes would resubscribe to a new uh, one, okay. and you're essentially deprecating the old one at that point. But people that are still on that plan, you can keep them on them forever, yeah. so that yeah. you keep yeah. them as a renewing auto renewing customer. Okay, nice, yeah. Yeah, look, I'm not opposed to it. Um, and it might be that, yeah, if I bump the price up by 3 or $4, it get the exact same amount. Because ultimately, if you use the app properly, you're going to save like in the hundreds of dollars a year. So, I exactly. think the, the value prop is there for a lot of people. And maybe the diff- like the barrier is willingness to pay, not willingness to pay $4 mm-hmm. versus $8. Um, obviously, there's, a, mm-hmm. there's an upper limit there. But I think anything under 10 is probably pretty reasonable. I would think so too, yeah. 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 Would you consider going um like instead of saying it's it's seven ninety nine a year? Would you consider saying it's a dollar a month? Saying that or actually doing that? Like <laughs> doing that, like, like actually changing to monthly uh, with a very very low price rather than uh, because that's interesting too, right? Some yeah. people might see seven ninety nine. Oh, that's that's a lot of large numbers. Yeah. <laughs> and if you do ninety nine cents a year, you mean ninety nine a month? In the end, it's more, yeah. but it's paid in smaller chunks. So I did consider the two options. Like I did consider. Like fifty cents or ninety nine cents a month, as well as a, a oh, yeah, yearly you can one. Do fifty cents now. But I forgot about I that. I really didn't want two subscriptions to choose. Like, I like. The, I, I know there's like marketing theories and like have a low, medium, and high. I, I just wanted that one option. Mm-hmm. Like, you either buy it or you don't. Um, whether mm-hmm. that's the smartest business move, I don't know. But personally, I just like the like no frills. You're either subscribed or you're not. There's no like. <laughs> if I look at something like Carrot Weather, which is an app that I love. I don't know what I get mm-hmm. from my tier and I don't know what I would get if I went higher. And I don't, <laughs> I do know I would lose access to Australian weather data if I went lower, which is why I don't go lower. But I don't really know what the benefit of going higher would be. Like that whole thing doesn't make sense mm-hmm. to me. Like I'm on the, the cheapest tier I can be to get the one feature that I care about paying for. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't want to be that app. Like I don't want to have options yeah, galore. I don't, or- I don't think you necessarily need to have different, ver- mm-hmm. dif- different features in each of them. It mm-hmm. could just be, a pay every month type yeah, of plan yeah. instead for people who mm-hmm. might not feel comfortable committing. Yeah. Because then it's 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 the same feature set, everything else yep. the same. It's just either people can pay upfront yep. for a mm-hmm. year, which kind of is nice for you because you get an entire year worth of, mm-hmm. of uh, income from that user. Or if people, like some people might not drive all year round yeah, and they want to yeah. try it out or committing. To, it, it, I think there is a mental barrier when you see something is a yearly subscription yeah, that's even fair. if it's only five dollars you're like a year is very long yeah. and people are yeah. afraid of commitment sometimes yeah yeah and, and I, I can also imagine that people might be it might be more of a tangible comparison if they say okay 99 cents mm-hmm. a cents a month then they can think how much will I save yeah. if I actually use this app and it's mm. clear that they will save 99 yeah. cents. And I think people budget their fuel type things in months or yeah. weeks rather than years. You know, if you see, look, I, I save, I easily save like $20 a month using mm. this app. No one thinks of, I mean, most people will not think about that multiplied by 12 and then checking how much your price is, right? Yeah. It's just, 
it, I always like it when you can align your pricing with the mindset of the customer. Yeah, like that's fair. Uh, Slopes yeah. is always a great example, yeah. right? Slopes uses kind of the season pass mm -hmm. concept, yeah. which in the end is a subscription type thing, but it makes sense because all your season passes for, for skiing yes. are also in the same concept. Mm -hmm. yeah. So he just used that business model and it aligns quite nicely yeah. with the mindset of the customer. So I wonder if you could kind of at least as an experiment, yeah. kind of try try that out and see if you can get something that that just mentally fits exactly that model yeah. already. Yeah, no, that's and that's a like a valid thing to do. I I have one of my favorite app store reviews for Petty is that it's for someone from Queensland who said that they used it for like the month they were driving around New South Wales and absolutely loved it mm -hmm. and would love to see it come to Queensland. That's, and yeah, that kind of struck me as like that would be a great use for. A monthly subscription, like I, I know again, I know it's only like four fifty for a year, but mm. it makes sense in that person's mind. Like I only need this for three weeks or four weeks or five weeks, whatever mm. it might be. Mm. I only mm. want to pay a dollar or two. Um, so yeah, it's definitely mm. something that I could try. And look, maybe subscriptions skyrocket if that happens. Mm. If if that mm. when mm. or you do people do the, the monthly thing and yeah, they just like they love it and i don't know like um they, they keep going and, and for us inclined. i mean obviously very different app right but for us what we see is that almost no one goes for a yearly subscription up front okay yep um all the yearly subscriptions that we have started off as monthly ones okay so most i would say 90 percent of our yearly subscriptions started off being monthly mm -hmm. and then converted one month or two months in okay. because that's mm -hmm. almost like a more comfortable trial yep. period than mm -hmm. because i do see people being afraid of the commitment of a year yep. so yep. they start off despite you getting a you, you're getting actually a shorter trial period if you go monthly or yeah. yearly with with orbit right but more people go with a monthly first try it out even pay for like a month or two mm -hmm. and then upgrade to a yearly yep. And I think that is, and again, very different, right? Because mm -hmm. our app is kind of at some point you're you're in, right? Yes. You, you use it for your client uh, work, and, and you're like, all right, I'm not going to switch anytime soon, and mm -hmm. then you can might upgrade. So I do think your customer base might be mm -hmm. different, but I do considering how significant that is for us. I wonder, yeah. Uh, yeah. just out of my own like curiosity, I do mm -hmm. wonder if that would be similar for for your app. Yeah, no, so you wouldn't like to try this. Yeah, try it to out fulfill for your me. curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. But it is. I, I think those kind of things are quite interesting because yep. there are a lot of like. In the end, it's all the same, right? Somehow, someone pays you for value that you provide yep. them with. But there's so many different ways of of like bundling that together to make it more appealing. Yeah. And I do think that's quite interesting because there's a bit of like psychology, pricing psychology, user behavior, trying to figure out how your customer kind of the mindset they're in when they're considering <laughs> yep. to subscribe to your service. There's a lot of interesting like. Uh, kind of scenarios to go through yep. and I, I find that it is, it is a lot of fun it's, it sucks when you get it wrong but it's it's really fun to kind of think about all right what is kind of a good alignment here for for our pricing no it's definitely a good way to think mm. about it yeah and then like it would probably be something ridiculous like a dollar a month which you know adds up to 12 dollars a year instead of 450 but like you said mm -hmm. if somebody does a month or two realizes they like it they're probably more likely than convert mm. which is mm. also cool um, yeah, and yeah. it's a win-win for you and the customers, yeah. right? Because for you, if they stay on monthly because they want the option to get out every month if mm -hmm. they need to, that's okay with you, yeah. right? You just get the money split over a longer period, yep. and they're they're happy. They have the option to pay less. Like even if you wouldn't say, even if you keep your yearly price where it is, mm -hmm. and you essentially save fifty percent by going yearly, that's fine for everyone, yeah. right? Yep. The people that want to go monthly because they feel comfortable with that, pay a bit more for for that, mm -hmm. um, but therefore they can only use it for like three months a year if they choose to. Yep. 
and the ones that are like committed they upgrade to the yearly one and they're happy as yeah. well yeah so yeah I and think i think they can be they are probably quite satisfied then seeing that they actually saved 50 percent yeah. mm. yeah. um and it makes your yearly one comparison. seem even cheaper. Not it does, a, yeah, because really it'd be like less cheap. than fifty percent. Sorry, le- yeah, less than fifty yeah, percent exactly. of the price. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's like if you're going to yeah. use it for more than yeah. five months, makes it a no-brainer. Mm. Um, yeah, no, right. Yeah. All, mm, all stuff yeah. to think about. Um, yeah, mm. cool. Thanks. But it's also like you already have the whole subscription system. Like yes. you have all the code oh, there yeah, already. Easy to the only do, thing you need to do relatively is relatively easy to yeah. do. Yeah. Um, is there a way? Just out of curiosity, is there a way to tie the subscriptions together in App Store Connect so that like the going between them is uh, handled? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. So you can have like a subscription group and yep. as long as they move within the tiers, a monthly or a oh, yearly that's tier. that's what groups are for. They, okay, I didn't really understand yes. why I had to add yeah. a subscription to a group, but I just did it because it was in the <laughs> in the guide. <laughs> yeah, so the reason you would ever want two separate groups is if you have two separate subscriptions. Yep. So you might have a, uh, like let's say you do the the journey where you log your time yep. or like the, the, the logbook. Uh, maybe you want that to be a separate subscription, right, okay. but you want people to be able to pay for the fuel side and for the journey at the same mm-hmm. time uh, or journal at the same time. Then you would want those in two separate groups. But otherwise... But then each of those groups can have the complete one as an one, okay. right? So you yep. can upgrade quite neatly from logbook to everything and from fuel prices only to everything. Cool. So yeah. you might have everything in each group because the each of them would be upgraded. that... Just, just, just one problem with that is that they could technically be on the everything in both groups at the same time. Yeah, yeah, okay. so you would have, have to, to disable that in the, in your app as on the UI side. Sure. Yeah. sure. But for us, for example, if we would want to have people being able, like for us in Orbit, you're paying a subscription per per company, mm-hmm. right? So if you're in one company, you pay. That's the normal scenario. Uh, all good. But now let's say you you have you you're owning two companies. I don't know, um, and you want to have two separate Orbit subscriptions. For that, we would have to put them in different groups so you can have two subscriptions that are otherwise identical okay. simultaneously. Otherwise, otherwise, you know, otherwise you have one subscription per account. Gotcha. Okay. No, that's all. Um, that's and everything in the group you can upgrade and downgrade, and then you have the normal up store upgrade and downgrade policy. So an upgrade on, in theory, would come into effect immediately, mm-hmm. and a downgrade in the next billing cycle. So that's also what you would have, like if you have someone on a yearly subscription for you, let's say you go with that, and then they want to switch to a monthly one, they would jump to the monthly one the next time their yearly one is over. Sure. But if okay. they go to the yearly one, that wouldn't come into effect. Okay, cool. I'll, um, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. I um, Unrelated, but one of the other apps I subscribe to, Fitbod, which we've spoken about on the show, I, I subscribed mm-hmm. monthly mm-hmm. when COVID hit and I started using it because I was like, oh, this will replace the gym for a couple months. Mm-hmm. And now I think I'm at that point where I've paid almost a year's worth in monthly fees. And like, I, should, I should probably switch this out to the yearly one now and lock it in for another year. <laughs> but yeah. How, how much do they charge? I think it's $80 a year or $15 a month. I could oh, wow. I could be slightly that's off on that, yeah. but that's ballpark mm. where yeah. it is. It, uh, I, n- I never subscribed to the membership? yearly one, so I'm paying like $15 debited every month. It's mm. like, oh, it's getting pricey. Mm. How much is a gym membership? Oh, I was paying 24 or 25 a week. A week. So, compared okay. to an app. Oh, a oh, week? A week. A week. Okay. Yeah, a week. Okay, a week. so it's significantly cheaper. So, like $100 a month versus $15 a month. It's... Quite yeah. inexpensive. I was paying more for a month of the gym than a year of Fitbod, mm-hmm. but um, obviously don't want to be paying money unnecessarily. Yeah, and yeah. it's a good app. So I'm happy mm. to subscribe for a year, but I need to sort that out. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. But that was an example of not wanting to commit for a year. I guess when you're talking about eighty dollars yeah. versus four four dollars, it's a bit different, but still. Mm. 
Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I I think there is there is a significant just a time component, right? I think for for a subscription, you have to think of two things mm -hmm. rather than one. You used to with pay up front, you think of the price and and what is too high a price for people to uh, to commit to. But I think with a subscription, you do have to think of both: what is too high a price and what is too long a period. That's fair because I do think people will look at this and be like, a year. You could charge a dollar a year, and people mm. would be like, a dollar is fine, but a year is a long period yeah. to commit to something. That's fair. You yeah. know, it it is this kind of Psychology. weird split. That's why. I, yeah, that's why that's why I'm really looking forward. If you experiment with that, mm -hmm. I definitely want to talk. Oh, look, get there's no reason to not experiment other than yeah, like what my priorities are for updates to Petty. So that could very well be something that mm. I bring in. Mm. Um, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's see how how Ireland. Cool. By the time Thanks. we release this episode, we're we're actually launched. Yeah, you're yeah. launched. Well, yeah, I'm super exciting. excited. It's all coming together now. Yeah, oh. hopefully, no more late nights. For yeah, you. yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll see. So, about so that. how's it going? Yeah. Are, you, are you feeling? Ready? Are you feeling confident? Yeah, like I feel, I feel very happy about what what we have now. Mm. Um, I think we decided since since iOS fourteen came out so suddenly, we decided to take a little bit, uh, take a step back and make sure that we like actually put some extra time into polishing things. Like I think we had things, we had features we wanted to make, but for example, for our widget, now we decided to spend a bit of time um, adding some customization and adding some like stylistic customization so that people can actually change the theme if they want to. People and love I those think widgets. If we would have, give them what they want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think if we would have only, like if we would have tried to ship I think we were hoping that iOS 14 would come out a week later than it was coming out. Um, and I think then we maybe wouldn't have ha managed to make, make as many customizations. So I'm quite happy that we took some extra time to do those things. And we feel really ready. Like I'm actually really happy with it. I'm happy that we were able to take time to take nice screenshots twice. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I I feel like the we feel... I'm super excited. Mm. And I think the widget is, is really nice. So we kind of decided we go with like broadly two types of widgets, right? It's it's really easy. Widgets are, I think they're kind of fun to build. Yeah. It's really easy to say, let's have a hundred widgets, um, which we it's definitely... It's a bit like, oh, it's so easy to make this. Let's, let's, just, yeah. let's just do that. And let's like make those, one more. They're, they're those kind of cute little small apps, like it's a small yeah. view. It's like, like in comparison to making a whole app, this is super fast mm. and it's really exciting. But we decided, all right, yeah. let's, let's, let's start with two and see, see how if everything is nice and everything is kind of the way we want. So we kind of have two kind of broad, you know, how you can have those different widgets. So we have two and uh, both of them has three th kind of different color themes. Mm -hmm. And one is kind of the focused, one of the widgets is like, we call it the focus one and one is the kind of detail one. Mm -hmm. The focus one is very clean and minimal. So kind yeah, of... It's meant to be like minimalistic and a bit, uh, almost like relaxing, like uh, like a bit like... I don't know, if you want like a clean home screen and a more like focused home screen, it's meant to sort of not be very cluttery. Um, so it's meant to be, either we have like our orbit theme, which is just uh, the orbit background, uh, like a purple background and some stars and just very simply just showing the current running timer. Mm -hmm. And um, if you stop it, it's it's kind of almost fading completely in the background. Yeah, so we add yeah. more stars and it just kind of, Apple didn't like us not saying anything. So our initial one was, if you don't have a timer running and it's considered, we're calling it the focus widget, right? So mm -hmm. we thought, hey, if you don't have anything running, you've already seen it running at least once before, right? So you know what it looks like when mm -hmm. it is running. Our preview shows what it mm -hmm. looks like when it's running. So let's make the not having anything running just 
get the time out of your way, right? <laughs> Because it's kind of the, the idea when we started that widget was people that do, when they're done with work, they don't want to be reminded of work, <laughs> but they might not want to reshuffle the entire home screen. That's so fair. we thought, yeah. let's add something like visually pleasing. So we had this kind of nice, soothing purple background and stars, and <laughs> it wouldn't even mention time. It would just show that kind of as a thing. <laughs> um, But Apple didn't like that because uh, it doesn't have any call to action and it doesn't give you any information of how to make it do something. Hmm. We're like, all right, cool. That means now what we decided to do is we kind of have a fairly subtle n no timer running, I think we're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's just like a label, still very like soft yeah. like it's 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 very transparent uh, text and i think that looks we quite consider nice. there might be ways of saying all right we show that for like a certain th threshold mm -hmm. so uh, after you stop a timer we say no timer running for 30 minutes hmm. and or we after make it that, a customizable option so that people can decide hmm. what they want but there there are some ways where we're like if if someone is like hey i would love for it to just be clean and get out of the way yep. hmm. even maybe like switch into something that you choose like you could have an option line, for right? that it could be you? um exactly like a configuration yeah. So, somehow yeah but we got a rejection and yeah. we didn't expect to be rejected for that so we didn't build that yeah, yeah, but no, like in the future play we... around with it in a later version exactly yeah, but it's they, i think there's even potential for like hey if if i don't have anything running just select a photo to show right it's yeah. like if you because we want something that's when it's running you should see that it's running because that's the point of it and if it's not running it shows whatever the hell you want while you're not working mm -hmm. that was kind of the idea and that was yeah. kind of the first step into that nice. uh, and the other one is more for the kind of uh workaholic type minded people <laughs> where it shows your it, it shows um kind of your a lot more detail it shows the the client you're tracking the project you're running the like details the timer it has optional either the orbit theme so it kind of is a purpley tinted uh uh widget um we have like a status indicator and like some the bottom bar is either purple tinted when the timer's running or kind of goes into like a more subtle if it's not running um, or you can select that it dynamically changes at, based on the project color you select in orbit. So if your if your project color is green, the the kind of those accent highlights on the in the widget will also be green, nice. which we thought is kind of a nice way of indicating what's what's running at a glance. But then as soon as you stop it, it just shows whatever the last timer was that you had running. So it doesn't go into like a fade away mode. It kind of keeps keeps the information and shows you. All right, let's say. You have a project that you know you work eight hours every day or ten hours every day or however many hours you you're aiming for, so you can always see. All right, I'm I'm sixty percent into that kind of thing, or you just really care about seeing what you've done last, <laughs> um, and that's kind of that one. So it's a bit more focused on on seeing a lot more details. And we thought that was a kind of nice and useful start for this because you can go crazy, right? We could have basically all of our dashboard views, mm -hmm. right? They're all Swift UI. We could have done all of those. We could have done like budget bars and breakdowns and we could, <laughs> we could put anything in there our yeah. entire app oh yeah could, yeah, yeah could be in there if we want and i think we we will add more things as well as we go but um yeah we we, we, we thought this was a good start and then we will we will figure out which ones make sense we don't want to just add widgets uh that only we want to use i mean maybe some but i think overall we want like the most useful ones first and i think it was better to put extra focus into the ones we have now mm. and then we'll see what we get Yeah, and otherwise, I I think we're in a pretty good state. Yeah. Um, we we created like I don't know, I I never know how far that goes, right? But we created like an entire press kit. Nice. I I just sent you a link. I'll no, it, it is too. helpful <laughs> because 
it saves the back and forth with journalists about, hey, can I mm-hmm. have a press kit or, hey, can I have an image I can use? Instead, you'll find they just go ahead and write about it if they like it. They're not going to come back mm-hmm. to you and ask mm-hmm. for more. They're not going to ask for mm-hmm. an app description. And any part of that where you can remove the barrier is definitely worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's well worth having mm-hmm. a press kit. Yeah. I mean, so far, we've not been lucky with getting press coverage. So, that's why I'm saying it's it was like- a good day of work and i don't know if it turns into anything but we at least wanted that as a vector if anyone is interested in writing about it or needing screenshots we at least have it yeah and overall and we I will think, use those uh, yeah yeah we, those are things that we also want to use for like our twitter um like our tweets and uh, every time we write about it we will also want to have some mm. type of screens that we can link to mm. and, and it's, I think that's it's it. pretty it's a very extensive collection in our, like, we have a zip file with everything, right? It has, like, the app icon in a higher resolution, both mask and not mask to clip corners or not, and matched exactly Apple's uh, corner radius and those kind of things. We have screenshots for the Mac app, for the iPad app, for the iPhone app, all of them framed and non-framed on on our branded background color and not with text, without. We have a very, very um, crazy amount of images. Um, and... We did also go through the effort of maintaining almost um, perfect visual quality while still having them compressed. So there, there are a lot of images on that press page. So it is, it is a big page mm. to load. Yeah, we might put a link in the show notes. And if anyone wants to click it, make sure that you do have network. Like, that you're not on a mobile you're network. Not on a mobile net- yeah, I, I feel yeah. really bad because... Like our website itself is not that big, yeah, yeah. and I'm quite happy with it. Like it's it's uh, and the same with our like company website. But then press kit, you know, you sort of have to because we don't want to have like crappy version of the images. Like we want to have something that looks really nice on there, and hopefully people know that the press kit might take. Maybe we should put a warning label. Um, let's do that in the show notes at least. But uh, I I hope that I think it's worth it to add like good quality images in there. But it's it's definitely um. You know, it's, there, there are plenty of assets if someone is interested and we'll use them for Twitter and those kind of things. Mm. But it's always hard, right? It's hard to assume people care so much about what you're doing that they will write about it. Who knows? Mm. But at least we have that vector. If if someone would want that, they, they have a way of, of making... We have a way of making it as easy as possible. Mm. No, I, I definitely agree that's easier. And then, you know, it saves them having to take screenshots themselves or like I said before, ask mm. for a description or features or whatever. Mm. Um, I think press kits are definitely worthwhile, even if it did take you a day. Like, if this gets you one article on a fairly well-known site, that's well and truly worth it. So, mm. nice. Yeah, or even if it's zero. I, I do think it helped us also. I mean, first of all, it helped us find a type in our screenshot, so that mm. was nice. <laughs> um, but it also, I think it helps to have some kind of consistency with our... Because you can see, right, the macOS screenshots, the iOS screenshots, it all feels like a... A package and i think that's quite nice to have all of that together and we'll have like it is quite an, i i believe that what we're building is quite ambitious for for like two people right it, it looks fairly nicely designed it's available on basically all all the major apple platforms now with iphone and ipad and mac os and i think that that is quite valuable to have to show that that's all all a thing because yeah i, I do believe some people will sign up to orbit and use it on iphone only mm-hmm. but if they mm-hmm. happen to have a mac as well it's a nice bonus yeah they might exclusively or they think they only use it on ios but then you get a mac app for free mm-hmm. because it's like a universal subscription right if you buy it in one place you get it yeah. everywhere i think those kind of things are quite nice as well yeah 
and having a place to show that i i, I thought we thought was was worth it yeah but yeah that's that's what we've been doing and we also reached out to some some press people uh i don't know if they they want that or not Looking we'll good. we'll find yeah. out yeah yeah, yeah. No, it's looking good. Yeah, um, I we'll think see. I mentioned to you that the term invoice maker seems to be trending on the Australian App Store quite a lot recently. I have no clue why. Um, so it does seem like it's the type of thing people want on iOS. Like specifically invoice maker mm. feels a little bit weird to want on iOS, but like, sure, maybe tradies on the go and only have a iPhone or an iPad. Mm. And some of those apps have mm. been featured in lists recently as my... I've been doing a lot of browsing of the app store, so I've been very hyper aware of uh, <laughs> everything that's featured. Um, there's there's some lists with like invoice to go and all these other apps that are, are purely for generating invoices. So I think there's definitely a market for this mm. on the iPhone. And I think you decided early on that it makes more sense on the Mac first, but you know you might have just as much of a market on more on on iOS, and that's really cool. So um, yeah, it's good. I it's good thing we always we always thought that. Um there was a bigger market on iOS, mm-hmm. but we thought there was a better niche on macOS. Okay, okay. And yep. that was kind of more our goal. Yep. Because we we couldn't find anything on macOS. Yep. We didn't find anything on iOS that we were actually happy with, mm-hmm. but there were options. Well, on, on macOS, we felt like we even struggled to find anything that even gets close to what we wanted. Okay. So and we, I think that was something that we personally had as well. When we want to find something, we want something that works both on macOS and iOS. Mm. And I think if you come across different apps on the App Store and you see that one of them has a macOS app, we were hoping that that might be like a differentiator and like it's something that we needed anyways. And that was where we did we do most of our works on the Mac, so it made sense to start on the Mac. Um, and I think I think we did it quite deliberately, just because partly because we needed it there, and partly because we felt like it is a differentiator. Does that make sense? Mm. Um, by the way. Um it is 40 meg the website so uh, yeah look my australian uh, nbn connection can't handle this (laughs) 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 yeah Mm. um i mean 40 now now looking at that i mean 40 gets you like half a the verge page load so i i think we're actually pretty Uh, doing all right Unrelated, but how good is all the privacy stuff in the new Safari? It's great to see all the trackers blocked by default and be able to get that little privacy report. I mean, we all knew it was I happening. Ha- I haven't but actually. It's I ha- nice. Yeah, I, I'm very happy about it, but I have actually, honestly, not used it as much as I. Right. I haven't paid as much attention to it as I would Un- like. To. Unless you ask any questions about screenshots or or uh, <laughs> screenshots or uh, GitHub, Affinity Designer, uh, pushing <laughs> things to Google Drive. That's that's basically been our life for the mm-hmm. last. Uh, right, right, okay. No, but I, I do think it's it's cool. I just haven't yeah, actually. Yeah. I, I I look at it right now. One hundred and thirteen is what that little shield is telling me okay nice and when i click it it says 144 okay. i don't know why those numbers are all uh, i'm different. 83 most contacted Ooh. tracker is googleanalytics.com surprise same mm. yeah 35 websites and mm. Mm, and the the website with the most amount of trackers is cnn with 25 followed Ooh. by the verge with 22 oh it's not surprising what's number one for I you did, it's a lot but uh zdnet okay how many? Is it three digits? <laughs> 23. No, it's not not three digits. Okay. Uh, then iPhone hacks and 9to5Mac. Okay. I don't know yeah. what iPhone hacks is, but probably read an article on there once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's kind of interesting. 72% of websites contacted trackers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot. What is it okay. for you? 
65. Oh. Track um, 78 for me. I'm just visiting high-quality websites. What can I say? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I'm visiting things like timeinorbit.com. Heard of it? Yeah, that's, mm. that's a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very high quality. So that's where I spend a lot of my time you know, these days. <laughs> <laughs> no, no tracking. Oh. If that would be the only website you would go to, you'd be at 0% uh, contact, tra uh, tra contact, contact trackers. Yeah, I that's true. That's true. I mean, like, really, I spend all my time on App Store Connect these days, so <laughs> there's not much there either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, I, I do like that. No, no. I, I'm really looking forward to the nutrition labels on the uh, App Store yeah when we get there later later this year yeah mm. do we do we have a date for this didn't it get pushed back to was it later this year or early next I'm not sure yeah something but like yeah. that well i i remember saying in june on this podcast that it's gonna get pushed back because no one's gonna be ready and you all <laughs> agreed and here we are it happened <laughs> uh, but yeah yeah um apart from preparing the press kit and all those things i think we're ready for the for the launch mm. uh and i'm really looking forward to it now actually i'm starting to submit more conference talks and i'm gonna talk at cocoa heads uh which is exciting and i think it will be fun to just it's I enjoy programming, but it's been a lot, and it's fun to do something else and actually share what we've been doing. And uh, like, also, I think we, we've been working with widgets. I think it's fun to just talk to other people about how to like uh, potentially make widgets. And yeah, I think yeah. it will be fun to do something else. A bit but that's a really good way yeah, to obviously. grow your audience with the conference talks as well, because a lot of people who do iOS do freelance stuff. So. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I, I don't want it to be. It's it's really not going to be like a sales pitch at all, but it's going to be about our journey of making it. And I think we, I think many people actually checked out Orbit for macOS, not because they needed a time tracking or invoicing app, yep. but because they were interested in how SwiftUI works on macOS. Mm -hmm. um, so I do, do think I, I, I would like to sort of share our journey a bit. Mm. Uh, and and I think it'll be fun. It's it's also, I think the 1.0 that we're shipping I, i'm i'm pretty proud of mm -hmm. i think it is actually a really solid app there i mean of course uh we know of a whole bunch of things that we would like to improve yeah, and yeah i think we, we already will... have multiple versions planned ahead of us and we're definitely still gonna program a lot don't <laughs> get me wrong but um it will be nice to mix it up a bit and mm. also be able to share more of what we've been doing but like a zero point uh 1.01 we're probably shipping on monday the day we're we're launching uh, 1.0 because we already know That's like certain things we, and also we would like to update the screenshots yeah. in the app store <laughs> yeah um well app reviews going fast the at the moment so you should be right i think both of mm. my uh like following update thingies uh were mm -hmm. reviewed and approved within about 90 minutes so it should be yeah. good mm -hmm. yeah so definitely um i mean first of all we want to update the screenshots we have to submit a new build but it also like small things that like testers have found that are like or we we found that we're like eh, would be nice to tweak those a little bit and and change a few things so we'll get those into like a basically a day one update uh which will be nice but mm -hmm. overall like even it's nothing that's super major at the moment that you know 1.0 is solid i think and it's it's something we're we're very happy about and something we spent a decent amount of time on over the last few few weeks it's it's really nice to to finally release that but um we we'll see it's 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 always before yeah. launching something you never know right no, it no. might be uh a like friends and family that download it <laughs> exclusively it might <laughs> not even be that like maybe maybe it, you know it might only be like us downloading it mm. and being excited it's really hard to tell before launching yeah yeah um, 
but it's it's exciting to like actually actually ship what we've built and the journey was pretty fun i think Mm -hmm. building all the stuff in swift ui on on ios was very different from the journey of building it for mac os yeah because mac os we 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 didn't have as much experience Mm -hmm. and there were certain things were like i don't even know how to do this in any other way right Mm -hmm. so it's like how do we get swift ui to do this thing we we think we want to do and then we go to like like the kind of typical Mac apps to see, is this actually what we want to do? Or like, yeah, that's what we want to do. And then we're trying to make it work. Well, um, you bringing that back to Mac OS or to iOS was, first of all, we had something already that mm-hmm. worked and then we could tweak that, which is kind of yeah. the and selling also think, of Swift UI. Yeah. And also think at that point, we sort of knew what some of the pitfalls were, what some of the pain points were. Mm-hmm. So we were able to plan better how long a certain part will take. Whilst when we build the Mac app, it was like, oh, we think this will take one day to make and then it ended up mm. taking five days because mm. we use Swift UI. Yep. Um, or something like the the dashboard we thought would take two weeks, but it took like three days or mm. two days. Mm. And like that is just a lot more. Mm. It's a, it was a lot easier to predict everything for iOS, which mm. was awesome. Yeah. And and overall I do think being able to use kind of the second generation of those that framework helped a lot as well, right? Because we for for the Mac app, we used basically the first first version, first year of Swift UI on the platform where it probably got less attention than than the others. Uh, while this, we now use the primary platform, um, and with the second year of iteration, so a lot of the improvements, even to Swift five point three, right? Just being used, able to use iflets and, and declare things within functions and those kind of things. So just yeah. Made so so much of our code so much neater. Yeah. And to be honest, we learned a lot of swift ui and structuring data with swift ui that we could bring into the uh, ios app now just as a default where we didn't have to go through hey how do we make this data flow work we knew that so when there was a new data flow which to be honest most data flows are very similar to the macro app but whenever we had to build something new we're like all right this is this works this way this works that way here we uh, keep track of the state kind of in, in the parent and then pass bindings through and we, we already knew what to build and it felt very it's satisfying because I do think in, in the beginning we're like, ah, Swift UI, everything is different and it's kind of weird. And now I was like, man, it's super productive to build something mm-hmm. in this way. Yeah. I mean, there's still small weirdnesses with Swift UI. Like one, one tip is if, if you happen to listen to this and building a Swift UI app, um, you don't have to explicitly pass environment variables to sheets for example, anymore. So they are now um, implicitly passed to sheets. Nice. But that is a bit broken in 14.0. Okay. So if you, you know, when you present a sheet and you're not presenting it as a full cover, yep. so you can dismiss it with your, f- yep. like by pulling it down. If you do that and then uh, actually swipe it back up so it doesn't get dismissed, certain environment variables are already released and they're not coming uh, back. Okay. That's which fun. is a framework bug, mm. but that means mm-hmm. your your app now crashes if you would try <sighs> to access any of those environment right. variables. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of hard to sometimes find that, right? Because you're like, oh yeah, everything works, environment saving things, and then you just flick it up and down, and all of a sudden your app crashes. You're like, oh no! So it took us a bit to figure out, all right, what is this crash here? Okay. And mm-hmm. then now we still explicitly pass all the environments. Yeah. But in, so in theory, theory, it's really nice yeah, that you don't yeah. have to do it, but maybe keep them there for a yeah, while. Yeah, I really want to use <laughs> and then the that- environment more in Petty, but because uh, a large part of the interface is still UI kit, it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And mm. so, yeah, I yeah. have the old dependency injection approach of, like, I have this mm-hmm. kind of top-level coordinator that constructs all the what would be yeah. environments, and it just passes them down mm-hmm. the chain, um, which, like, yeah. I actually yeah. don't we mind that do- architecture. Like, it makes a lot of sense. It just, mm-hmm. you get messy initializers. Mm-hmm. And I know that's exactly what environment's mm-hmm. trying yeah. to change, but, like, it works. Yeah. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had to do something similar for the Mac app, just because we do have separate windows. So, if you tap something, it shows up in a, yeah, like, it's okay. something in a list yeah. that shows up in the window and like there's no way of uh, when we built it there was no way to actually move that environment object into that Mm -hmm. view because we need a separate window which is an app kit controller so we had this wrapper that would take the initializer and then pass create a view that then actually injects the environment into because we did also present the same view uh, within like a view hierarchy so Mm -hmm. there we already had the environment so those kind of things were a bit messy and on iOS that was a lot simpler um, other small things that I would like to f- get fixed <laughs> um, is like pickers. If you have pickers oh. in theory, like in a form in a, uh, with a navigation view, it's nice, right? Do you have a picker uh, and it kind of does the uh, segueing to like a detail view where <clears> you can select it and then it kicks you back out. But if you're the view that the parent view is uh, having a large menu bar, mm-hmm. it shows the large menu bar just in empty. Yep. Mm-hmm. In like the there's, no, there's no actual title in it. And you cannot set that title. Yep. And fun fact, I know you don't run into this problem, but on iOS 13, it jumps. So it's all too easy oh, yeah. to select oh, yeah. the wrong yeah. item in that list. And because oh, of that, yeah, I, yeah. I rebuilt it in Petty. I did my custom one. It looks mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. the same. Or it looks almost the same. I think I added like grouped, rounded grouped inset thingies. Um mm-hmm. Because of the jump. And I found myself mm. and other people who were on beta were pressing the wrong one because we kind of knew what petrotype we wanted. We saw it. Oh, yeah, there's U91 mm-hmm. select. Oh, it had jumped and it picked the wrong one mm-hmm. um, and no way yeah. to work around it. And the large title thing mm. was also bugging me and not being able to mm. set a title. So, like, you didn't, uh, no. you had know, no context yeah. of. Like, what am I selecting yeah. this for? And I, I know mm. you should yeah. know you just came from the screen, but sometimes a little title is nice if you're a bit lost. Yeah. Mm. What I would love for it to do is when you already dec- declare a picker, you can add a title for the picker yes. itself. So you yep. have a, basically, mm. you have an equivalent to a cell, which has a. Like a label, mm-hmm. right? That yep. should be the title I once agree. you segue into yep. the. But it should also picker. be the small title bar, not the large one. Yes. Like absolutely. an inline style, absolutely. because that's usually what you would expect, right? You yep. have a large one in the parent view, you go into the detail for pick, that mm-hmm. becomes an inline, and then it goes back out into a large one again yep and that's exactly how it behaves in petty's custom one it looks really good Mm. Mm. um and you can actually set a title that's a weird thing too you can set a title if you do it on the for each you set a different but that also changes the parent ones yes Ah. that changes the parent one and i haven't been able to like i was thinking maybe i can set it on the parent one yep. as well. So once you segue back out, it changes the mm-hmm. title again. But it again. changes the back button title ah. to the, the title you set on in the for each. Yep. So there definitely is, there is space, like there mm-hmm. is a label that's being rendered mm-hmm. just empty and you can set it. It just yeah. breaks other things. And if anyone has a way of doing this properly in, in yeah, Fitui, yeah. please, yeah. please mm-hmm. maybe, let me know. Maybe we're missing something. Would love oh. to, would love to fix it. If we've both missed it, I doubt <laughs> it. I actually ran into that with a tab bar in SwiftUI where... I was having the title of the tab bar, like the text title, overridden by a detail views, like navigation title. Uh, and I didn't spend okay. enough time to try and fix it, but that was enough to stop me from switching completely over to a Swift UI tab mm, bar for Petty. Interesting. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, another uh, bug report. I don't know why we turned this into a uh, radar 
the mm. podcast. But um, <laughs> select the sidebar selection on iPad is a bit wonky. Oh, um, uh-huh. where yes, yes, where you cannot give things. If you give something, for example, a default selection, it doesn't get selected, so you don't actually get the accent color for for the selection on the sidebar. Also, you cannot um, properly if you're having a sidebar like a sidebar style, the new 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 sidebar style, and then navigation links. Um, and you're having you're using a navigation link style with a tag and a selection. When you change, let's say you do side by side, and we're supporting all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Multiple scenes, and you can have like you can have orbit open in, in your invoice screen and in your dashboard. If you I don't know, you do your accounting or whatever. Um, we do support all of that, but then you let's say you swipe one view out again, it basically forgets its selection. And then when you're trying mm-hmm. to bring out the sidebar again, if it's in a collapsed state, the first time it realizes, wait, I should have had something selected. And so it doesn't actually bring out the sidebar. So instead it collapses immediately again. So you can see it kind of come out for one frame and then it renders the, the detail view. And then you have to bring it out again. And that's awkward. So we decided that the less awkward way is to just sometimes lose the selection which is not great and i'm not not no. very happy about that but also but you know that will probably is, be fixed in a future version of like ios or xcode or something yeah yeah so yep. we're, yep. we're hoping i mean we don't know what 14.1 looks like yep. we do know what 14.2 <laughs> looks like yeah I, I yeah i mean we've been testing it on 14.2 as mm. well um, but that would be like we we didn't want to do too much there there were some like i started going down a very deep <laughs> deep path of, of kind of replicating and rebuilding a lot of that but we also didn't want it to break fairly soon because we do expect apple to have a whole bunch of new builds fairly soon mm-hmm. um and we didn't want to do things that then break uncontrollably mm-hmm. we we decided to rather go with something that's not quite as nice as we know we wanted to mm-hmm. um but it doesn't lock you out or it doesn't prevent you from doing what you want mm-hmm. it just might be where you're like ah why 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 is the same tab not selected when i switch between those windows but yeah. we thought that was a lesson. which is a really annoying frustration point and i think uh, it does give for a less experience, but hopefully, I I don't think it's an action you will do that often. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, overall, it's it's something we have and to wait for. And the pain point is so low. It is definitely mm-hmm. something I I would love to fix, and we will mm-hmm. fix as soon as we're technically possible. Yeah, to do that without rebuilding the entire thing in, in UIKit, obviously. Um, but it seemed like going for the one that where we are trying to be as helpful as possible, but not. Um, causing any issues with future builds that we might only get uh, 12 hours of notice again mm-hmm. right we, we want to be very very defensive with mm-hmm. what we're what kind of workarounds we're building yeah so uh there, there are a few kind of small things like that where we're like oh swift you really nice but sometimes you're like oh why don't you do this better <laughs> yeah so i think for i know the one point the 1.0 does still have things that we know we want to improve but overall i think it's quite a uh, all the Swift UI things aside, like all the things that we uh, that we might uh, that that we're sort of waiting for, I think it's a it's quite a nice 1.0. Mm. Even if we do have some things that are would could be ideally be better, but I still feel quite happy about it. And we know exactly sort of what what we want to improve in the future. Yeah. Out of the things that we can control, and hopefully the rest of it will be improved as iOS is updating. Mm. And also, I think it's a good because when we when we started this journey, right, we were kind of banking on 
SwiftUI being something that makes it significantly easier for us to to build this thing on multiple of Apple's platforms without mm-hmm. it feeling, you know, cross-platform is a thing. But yeah, it, I, I don't know. I feel like we've been talking quite a lot on the, like, some probably like 50 episodes ago, we spoke a bit about cross-platform languages. Yeah. And I, I always advocate for building things natively. And I think that we did not, we didn't do this for the sake of, being able to build things cross-platform, but we felt like it was a good opportunity to try SwiftUI out and maybe reuse 20% of the views. And we were able to reuse quite a lot. And mm. all the code base, like all of the logic is there, and we were able mm. to reuse all of that, which yeah, you could nice. do if you have UIKit and AppKit as well. But I, I do think it was, especially now when we're comfortable using SwiftUI, we were able to work faster because we had... Mm-hmm. some of the views that we could reuse, but also because the tool is, I would say the tool is quicker than UI kit. Like, like we have quite a lot of tables and it was so nice how quickly you could just put a list together or a form together. But yeah. also like make it like a combination, right? Where you have like a mostly, a mostly dynamic list with some static elements on top. And you're like, that is just completely not a non-issue. Well, on in UI kit, it's always like you have the delegates and you check mm-hmm. for like index passes and yeah. you make sure the first ones you lay out you. It is, it is. I mean, manageable. <laughs> and then trying to make that in a type safe way. If you tried to do that as well, and then all that yeah. boilerplate that mm-hmm. would go with it, it's like Swift UI type mm-hmm. safe and it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there, there are a lot of those kind of things, and I also don't think realistically, I don't know if we could have shipped this much this year had we built mm-hmm. everything first in AppKit and then in UIKit. And I don't think a lot of people will look at any of our apps and think they must be not UIKit apps, right? I, I think that's kind of what... I don't think anyone downloads our iOS app and looks at it as like, I, I wonder if they wrote that in AppKit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's just not going to yeah. happen. And yeah. I think that is... I think really there clear. are... Yeah, I think the shortcomings, there are certain shortcomings there, but I think they, you only notice that those are SwiftUI things if you worked mm. with SwiftUI yourself. And I think that is, I, I know there are some people that really love SwiftUI and others that kind of hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think for, for indies, this is incredible. An incredible opportunity because I don't think realistically Molly and I by ourselves could have done all of this in even a remotely similar time frame with any of the the, the previous tools to mm-hmm. the quality standard that we set for ourselves. And I think that is that is a really, really good state for it to be in. There mm-hmm. are other things, like I would love previews to be faster, right? I would love some of the compile things to be faster. I would like yeah, a compiler oh. not to say sometimes this is really complex. I'm mm. like, it's just text yeah. in, in a V-stack. I, right? I would love to have autocomplete, yeah. you know? But... <laughs> It it, te- uh, it, you know, it it comes it comes back now and then. <laughs> but it also it, it teaches you the syntax, Marlin. We, we can yeah. now type a lot of things without autocomplete because mm. sometimes the the tools force us. Yeah, so I, lo- I don't have any typos anymore. <laughs> so there, there are a lot of things that I think can be improved, but I'm I, I'm very a lot more optimistic um, because it's hard, right? If you never touch it. Or if you only touch it briefly, I think that's the worst possible way of evaluating something. Mm-hmm. Jumping into a new framework for for a week, because of course you you're gonna be annoyed, because you you already know all the others. This one is different and it doesn't do what you want immediately, and you're like, ah, it's, it's stupid. I go back to the old one. But I think you have to give it a, a significant amount of time because at some yeah. point it really does switch in your brain. I like, mean, there are still pain points that's like this really shouldn't be this this difficult, sure. or this is so much easier in AppKit or in in Swift UI, but uh, sorry, UI Kit, but. 
I I think once you see the benefit of it, no, but you, I, you will be able to see point. the trade-off. My point is more around whenever you learn a new thing in, in uh, software development, there is a point where it just switches over from being like everything is different and I want to get things done to I get things done in, in a different way. And I think that is very yeah. important that you make it at least to that step where you're like, I, I'm getting things done. It's yeah. different. And this framework has different bugs from the other frameworks, mm. but it's no longer that you think, how would I do this in UI kit? Mm-hmm. How do I make yeah. Swift UI do this? Yeah, It's the same thing with like actual languages. When you speak, like when you learn a new language, you first like, Zach, if you would learn Swedish, you would probably first go through all the sentences in English mm-hmm. and then kind of try to uh, translate them word by word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what you do when you switch frameworks as well, where you first, like, I, I, this is how I would structure this in SwiftUI, in, mm-hmm. yep. in UIKit. How do I get SwiftUI to do the same? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you want an even more extreme example, that's how I did Android development. <laughs> I was thinking about how would I do this an iOS, and then that's kind of how I would frame my Google search for Android. <laughs> and it was like this yeah. linear conversion of like, okay, what's the equivalent of like this type of thing in uh, mm-hmm. Java at that time? And, and how do I mm-hmm. do that in Android Studio and all that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. But I think we're definitely very comfortably on the side of we we kind of have a good grasp of Swift UI. And mm-hmm. I, I do see its potential for for. for those kind of use cases where you're realistically a lot more and more people will become Apple platform developers if you're within the Apple ecosystem rather than iOS developers only or iPad developers or macOS developers only. And that will be painful because especially on the Mac side, some people have built up a lot of muscle memory over the last few decades. (laughs) Um, And some of them will probably not have to switch. Others might consider it. And I do think there are things to complain about on on all sides, but I do think it is, it enabled certain things that were really hard to achieve before for smaller teams or indies. And I think that's quite exciting. Yep. And if you have problems with it, you still have the option of UI kit. It's it's okay. It's not, um, you know, an either either or yeah but i mean that means uh, i I do my problem is i do see why some people struggle with it because i do think sometimes Mm -hmm. there are things where you're like ah yeah yeah and i do i do struggle i i recommend people using swift ui but i always want to give sort of a heads up that there will be things that are going to be frustrating uh, because it is, as Kai said, like as soon as you learn a new language or learn anything new, mm. there are certain frustration points that you wish you already knew when you're working on it because you just want to get your app done. Yeah. And, and and I think that is is kind of amplified or multiplied by how much you know about the, the one you're coming from. Because realistically, <laughs> this app we could have written in, in UIKit. There's nothing that we, apart from the widgets, there's nothing that only SwiftUI was made possible, right? So it's it's like, if, if you're coming from that, you're you're very much in the, I know how I could have done it, and now I have to do it another way, and it might be a bit difficult or different. Yeah, it's um, a bit like someone telling you, you know how you always walked on your feet before? Mm. Try doing that on your hands now. And, uh, you know, you're still, you're still able to walk on your feet, but just do it on your hands. Mm. So it's, I, I do think there is kind of, I do understand why why it can be frustrating. And certain things, I don't know, maybe they're inherently difficult to solve. Like the preview, it's super nice when it works, but sometimes I I make a one-letter change and it takes like a good 45-second round-trip time before it shows up in the preview. I don't know if that's solvable, probably, but if those are inherent problems, you know, there there are... Swift is a very, very typed language Mm. where some of the 
things where Swift UI is trying to be fairly dynamic, mm-hmm. and those things definitely uh, step on each other's toes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you know, how much of that we'll see in the future. Is that a thing that will be overcome and will like, well, that wasn't a non-issue, or is this going to limit one or the other significantly? Does Swift have to? gain a lot of features that it didn't think it needed uh, that make that very tricky to even now you have this entire like safe safe language and now you have to build all those things where you do a lot of type erasure and cast into weird things to make it work at all mm-hmm. or is this a non-issue same same on the other side is would previews be way faster in 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 a different uh tech choice we don't i don't i at least i don't know i can see why some people might have those concerns and if that's true then that that is something we have to figure out but uh, as far as and and i mean obviously the the source complete and and source uh editor crushing every now and then i mean sure those can be fixed but i don't know you know it's it's those things sure if they become inherent problems that are unsolvable well that's that's unfortunate but just as a as a workflow and bringing things to 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 ios and to the mac and i mean there's a watch watch app in our future as well I think is is pretty incredible how far we can get with um, it not feeling like it came from a different platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, both of the apps, like respectively the iOS and macOS apps, feel very at home on the platform. So, yeah, no, I don't think that is anything you have to be concerned about mm-hmm. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And it still takes work, right? It's not that we oh, just yeah, copied. Yeah, or it's, mm-hmm. it's not that we just said present this view and all of a sudden you have a completely ios native uh you know app it's still a lot of work but you can put it in and it's still less work than doing it from scratch significantly like probably we probably saved on every single view at least 70 percent of the time and i think that is incredible of a, that's, of yeah, a saving really for, so, for yeah. like a team that's like two people sitting in, in a small uh what is this closet? <laughs> I, I don't know if the closet has an impact on our ability to program. No, but I, I think it's it's. I always think it's cool when you see small teams or mm. small like in the, like what underscore is doing with widgets. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, cool. I think that he was saying that. Like he he reads article where people. Um, refer to him as the founder, um, <laughs> Mr. Mister Smith or something like that. And he's like, I- I- I'm just me sitting in a basement programming. And- but it's kind of cool, right? That there's an indie small developer that's that's beating Facebook and, and WhatsApp and, and all the other big ones in like top downloaded app on the iPhone. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, and I think that's cool. And I do think it's cool when um, small teams and like realistically we're not like i'm not too excited about what uber can do with their 250 uh, engineers on on ios you know that's cool they'll figure something out they figure out how to make it really really broken and break it up into for 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 every engineer to work on one letter in a view whatever Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, let's not get into that topic (laughs) but i'm i'm excited about what indies can do and I think mm-hmm. indies are the developers that, that tend to care on, on those platforms mm-hmm. and giving tools that make it more feasible and more economical for indie developers to sustain themselves on, on Apple's platforms is exciting. And I think the tooling with SwiftUI and frameworks is one one kind of knob that Apple has where, where they can invest a lot of time and effort to make something that makes it more sustainable for indies to to compete even with larger companies mm-hmm. and i think that is really cool and i yeah. think that is something that really excites it excites me that mm-hmm. it is more feasible because i don't think five years ago um a lot of the things i'm seeing now would have been been 
as feasible to be、mm. done by one or two people. No, no. Anyway, should we wrap this up? Yes, sure. Let's do it. Because that was a lot of self-promotion. <laughs> <laughs> But also, I, I, I do think it is it is an interesting. I, at least, I mean, I'm personally pretty much in the middle of it. But I I find this part very interesting. Yeah, yeah.、Mm. Definitely. Kind of. Kind of exciting to 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 being forced into like figuring <laughs> figuring a lot of those kind of things out.、Mm-hmm. Code is kind of one thing, design is one thing, but then everything around that is is quite significant. And it's a very like the code is kind of nice, right? It kind of works or it doesn't. Yep. And then everything、yep. you do outside of that with your product is is very very much like I I think this is a good idea or I think this is a good way of marketing it. I think this and, is and a good person to contact. And your customers don't、I、care、think. about the code or the technical <laughs>、no. workaround you had to do so that something works. Your customers care more、mm-hmm. about how the things marketed and how it works for them.、Mm-hmm. Um, so the、yeah. other stuff you do is going to matter way more from、mm-hmm. a customer's perspective.、Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Not that not the code stuff doesn't matter, but they don't care what the effort went. Yes.、Yeah. No, no one's going to say, "Oh, they put、I'm、a lot of effort in." I'm going to buy it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing; they care if it works, and that yeah, is yeah. definitely noticeable、uh, from a code perspective. Yeah.、Um, but I'm I'm definitely terrified of like our our app price and whether people are、uh, like not being able to to see anything before you at least starting a trial. Is is something that still worries me a lot because <laughs> I do think like like our tweets on、um, about Orbit, a lot of people like them. Like hit the like button,、mm-hmm. um, or reply that they think it looks、like、great,、button. and that <laughs> follow our accounts. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, I I don't know how many people then are also willing to to, to、uh, starting a trial is is a form of commitment, and I don't know what that rate will be. Is that、mm-hmm. because I do think the product is great? I just don't know how many people will actually get to experience it. Before, before they're seeing, ah,、uh, paying,、uh, maybe not. So there will also be a lot of interesting things in our future. I think about trying to make, give a bit better、uh, taste of the app before someone <laughs> has to put in a coin into a machine. I think that 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 will help a lot. Like、yeah. even even simple things. For example, the. Um, so much about wrapping this up.、Um, so much tr- about stopping your self promotion. <laughs> no, I mean those are. I don't think talking about issues is, is <laughs> the best. I was kidding. I was. Um, like one thing, for example, at the moment, tourist mode. Uh, you can only access when before you create an account, which is、mm. because the tourist mode was kind of thing where we're like, oh, we should really. Let people see what the app looks like before they have to create an account. But now, if you create an account and you're not willing to pay us yet, and some people do that, right? They download the app, create an account, and they're like, "Ah,、oh, paying now," and they leave.、Um, and I understand that.、Um, but making tourist mode available from a, a when you're logged into an account that doesn't have a subscription. That's something that we will probably do in the very near future,、mm-hmm. which just seems like an obvious thing to do. So you can at least, like, if if we have someone super eager but not convinced yet, at least they also have a chance of seeing things before, which seems to make a lot of sense to me.、Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, like we, we talked about that before, right? Maybe maybe next year or something、uh, to have some kind of free mode where you can do something might be interesting, where you're, like. Uh, be able to like have one project or or track track something for some kind of limit where you don't even have to hit any kind of any button that has a dollar sign attached、mm. to it would be would be nice at some point in the future.、Mm. And I think that's Petty does that pretty well. Where you have a free mode and then you see、yeah. why 
wind if you want to pay for it. In petty. There's nothing that you can't at least try out in the free mode. Um, like some of the data is hidden if you want like super detailed stuff or some of the comparison stuff's hidden, but you'll always get like at least one comparison thing. You'll always be able to view the station mm. data. It's just, yeah, like I, I think it's a pretty generous free mode, actually. Um, mm. You can use the app quite comfortably um, in free mode. And that's mm. the idea. And I actually have an angry customer to deal with an email <laughs> um, who's not happy that I switched to subscription just so do- that they could have their preferences remembered. Um, do do you respond to all customer requests? Is that your goal? Um, almost all of them. For for petty, mm-hmm. I tend to. For my other app, Power Monitor, which is free, I will ignore the silly ones. Um, mm-hmm. I get a surpri- for, for the other one, I get a surprising number of people who seem to open the mail compose sheet and just send the default template, which is usually just like sent from my iPhone. Oh, um, really? And, yeah, they don't <laughs> actually write anything. That's an odd one. Um, but for Petty, yeah. I will try and respond. Like, I'll I'll respond to this upset customer and whatever. Mm. It's nice. I don't as think I I've <laughs> ever had that. I've I get, never had to contact us. I get it frequently. Like, just there was a period where I was getting it daily, but that was when the app was doing well. Now it's like maybe monthly, um, and they just go mm-hmm. straight to the archive. Mm. Weird. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, but um, I'm looking forward to launching. Um, yeah. We'll see how it goes. Good luck. We add the link to to the show notes to both mm. Petty and Orbit, mm. uh, which will all be available on an app store near you. Yay! <laughs> cool. Cool. Awesome. All right. Um, good luck with the. With the with the rest of uh, your launch, I mean your your launch already. <laughs> I thought you would say with your life. I was like, what, wait, is this the last See ever? Never. We're done with the launch. See ya. <laughs> All right. Good luck with your launch. Um, I'm sure it'll be an exciting week. Try not to stay up till five or six a.m. or whatever that was again. It was eight thirty. Eight thirty. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah. Cool. Not cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Take take a break. It's good for your health. <laughs>